0: So, in our first reading today, the book of, from the book of Genesis, the Lord speaks to Abram, and He promises him two things. He promises him many, many descendants, more than the grains of sand on the seashore, the stars in the sky. Uh, so will your descendants be so many that they will be he even comparison in this particular the, the verses that we have uh, recounted here. Um, when men succeed in counting the specks of dust on the ground, they will be able to count all of your descendants. So we're talking, obviously, a huge number of descendants. So he's promising him descendants, and he's also promising him land, right? So promising him a home, a home, a, a place where he can live, a place where he can live off, a place where he can uh, bring up his animals and his family and so on and so forth. In the uh, family and animals, in better order, uh, so that he will be taken care of. Okay, so he will have a home and he will have descendants. What I find interesting, what I find very important, is when we read Scripture, to to recognize if there are any occasions where the Lord makes a promise. If God says, I I will, okay, that is a promise. I will do this. Then this is a divine promise. And there's something very, very powerful about those words. Uh, Because they're divine, this is God speaking, this is Jesus speaking, like, these aren't ordinary words, if God makes a promise, it is so, and even, like, with children, uh, it's, it's, I don't know where this came from, it's probably from, from America, but, um, when kids want to make a promise, and there's this, like, pinky promise thing, you know, so you get your little fingers, and it's a way of, kind of, sealing the deal, all right, like, my little finger has spoken, (laughs) okay, but it's 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 a way of kind of showing I'm I'm sincere about this. I suppose back in the day as well, there were you know blood promises where two fellows would cut their hands, maybe spit in their hands or whatever maybe, and you're kind of you're sealing the deal. This is a promise. I will honour my word. Now God doesn't need to. He doesn't need to prove that he would honour his word. And yet he does. That's like the, the whole one of one of the the, the messages of the cross. Uh, it, it's it's like see Jesus didn't need to do this. This wasn't Uh, could there have been another way? I mean, was Jesus' circumcision enough? Was that enough, we'll say, blood spilled to to, uh, redeem all of humanity? Yes, and many saints believe so too. I think Thomas Aquinas is one of them. Um, That circumcision wouldn't have been enough to redeem mankind, but that wasn't enough to show, wouldn't have been enough from our perspective to show just how much he loves us. So he seals the deal. I promise you that I love you. I promise you that I will take care of you. And that's proven or shown in the cross. So when he says, Come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. This is a divine promise. Proven for us, sealed for us in in the blood shed for us on the cross. When we when we're feeling dejected or lost or or, or uh, our peace is just taken from us due to whatever circumstances are going on. And then we hear the, the words of Jesus. My peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. Not as the world gives. I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. From John fourteen twenty seven, Jesus promises, Jesus, I will give you peace. I will give you peace. Again, it's proven by the shedding of his blood. So these, aren't, these aren't empty words. These are divine promises. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For anything you ask the Father in my name, I will grant it. These are divine promises. Now, I guess maybe our struggle with divine promises probably uh, stems back to more in my case, probably a lack of patience So you read this verse, you go, "Ask and you shall receive." I want, and you say what you want, and then five minutes later, you still don't have it. What's God's problem? What is He doing? I prayed a full rosary for this thing, or and then like, don't don't mean to be facetious. There are often things that we really we pray for very, very sincerely. You might have someone in your family who's got cancer, and you're praying for them, and. You're getting masses instead and you you go on, on pilgrimage you do all sorts of things and one two three years you're still not fully in the clear and then maybe there's a breakthrough and then a bit of remission and then maybe it returns so like these stories can be they can be difficult uh they can be very very real very very real when we're asking the lord to 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 fulfill those promises in us today even though this is not how i feel this is not what i see but I remember a friend of mine saying before, when we pray, when we, when we walk with God, we have to speak not what we see, because what you see is the mess. What you see is the now. But you have to, to, to speak what will be. It's, it's somewhat prophetic. It's, it's like, speak what God wants to do. Speak how things will be. Speak the solution. It's like, if you're in the middle of cooking anything a cake or anything you walk into a kitchen and there's those flour and eggshells and a bit of a mess everywhere and for four-fifths of that process of baking the place looks like something just exploded then finally the thing gets put into the oven then you can start cleaning up and then for those 20 minutes half hour, 40 minutes whatever it is this aroma starts to fill the kitchen and then afterwards you open the door and everything starts to make sense now I get it now I see what all the broken eggs were about. Now I see what all the mess was about. Now I see what all the hassle and all the wash-up and all the dough stuck to knives and forks and tables and spoons. I see now what it was all for. So if we, just, if we speak what we see right now, often that, that's, that's not helpful. We want to see things through, through the Lord's perspective and see, speak what he sees. Speak the hope, speak the solution. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. And one last one from Deuteronomy. I think it's very important, uh, as I say, to, to live in these promises and to live from these promises. These are divine words spoken to you. From Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you. And he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Amen.